from John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was with God in the beginning. Everything came into being through the Word, and without the Word, nothing came into being. What came into being through the Word was life, and the life was a light for all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness doesn't extinguish the light. A man named John was sent from God. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him everyone would believe in the light. He himself wasn't the light, but his mission was to testify concerning the light. The true light that shines on all people was coming into the world. The light was in the world. And the world came into being through the light, but the world didn't recognize the light. The light came to his own people, and his own people didn't welcome him. But those who did welcome him, those who believed in his name, he authorized to become God's children, born not from blood, nor from human desire or passion but born from God. The word became flesh and made his home among us. We have seen his glory, glory like that of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. Then from the Gospel of Luke, Gospel of Matthew. <clears throat> After Jesus was born in Jerusalem, in Bethlehem, in the territory of Judea, during the rule of King Herod, Magi came from the east to Jerusalem. They asked, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We've seen his star in the east, and we've come to honor him. When King Herod heard this, he was troubled, and everyone in Jerusalem was troubled with him. He gathered all the chief priests and the legal experts and asked them where the Christ was to be born. They said, in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what the prophet wrote. You, Bethlehem, land of Judah, by no means are you least among the rulers of Judah, because from you will come one who governs, who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and found out from them the time when the star had first appeared. <clears throat> he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search carefully for the child. When you have found him, report to me so that I too may go and honor him. When they heard the king, they went. And look, the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. 
they entered the house and saw the child with Mary, his mother. Falling to their knees, they honored him. Then they opened their treasure chests and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Because they were warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they went back to their own country by another route. The word of God for the people of God. John was a poet theologian. He, his writings, while at times somewhat cumbersome, sought to explain who Christ was and is to the world. He did not need to rely on scientific explanation, for while science is essential and has given much in this life, a reality we can all attest to, as it has recently saved many lives, still science cannot fully explain matters of the heart nor faith. This chapter, while on one hand familiar and beautiful poetry, is on the other problematic in our modern world. Its reliance on light and dark seen through the eyes of those steeped in a society built on racism further ingrains the belief that light equals good and dark evil. As with much of scripture, taken into the hands of those who wish to profit and hold power, such metaphor is used not to offer life, but to rob it and build up individuals, institutions, and structures that marginalize and oppress. We cannot read these texts without acknowledging the ways in which they have been used to cause harm. For a truly beautiful and poetic flipping of this narrative of light and dark, read Solway by Lupita Nyango, and then share it with your children, any children in your life. Light and dark are beautiful, intertwined, dependent on one another, and both shine. In his first chapter, John sought to lay claim to Christ's presence with God as life came into being. The word, God, and life are all tied up together. Christ and God are life. Our lives came into being through and in God and Christ, and without them, we would not know life. At the center of John's theological reflection is this phrase, and the word became flesh and made his home among us. This is the essence of the Christmas story and the heart of the gospel. God came and comes to us. Not only that, God, the word, became flesh and chose to live among us, chose to know these bodies, these emotions, these minds, these limitations, and in so doing, affirmed all that we are as human beings and all human beings. God, the word, is with us, will come alongside us, and will refuse to leave us. We've been given hope, comfort, companionship. We have been offered a love like no other. The word became flesh. It's astonishing, really. It also reminds me of um, 
favorite modern day poet, Mary Oliver. You'll quickly learn that I love poetry and Mary Oliver is a favorite to be used in my sermon writing. This is a poem entitled Poem, or The Spirit Likes to Dress Up Like This. The spirit likes to dress up like this. 10 fingers, 10 toes, shoulders, and all the rest. At night, in the dark branches, in the morning, in the blue branches of the world. It could float, of course, but would rather plumb rough matter. Airy and shapeless thing. It needs the metaphor of the body. Lime and appetite, the oceanic fluids, it needs the body's world instinct and imagination and the dark hug of time, sweetness and tangibility to be understood, to be more than pure light that burns where no one is. So it enters us in the morning, shines from brute comfort like a stitch of lightning. And at night, lights up the deep and wondrous drownings of the body like a star. The word became flesh and lived among us. The spirit likes to dress up like this, 10 fingers, 10 toes, shoulders, and all the rest. I imagine Mary counting Jesus' fingers and toes as his shoulders had just passed through the birth canal and made their entrance into the world. God, the word, Christ took on form and shape and these bodies with our 10 fingers and toes and all the rest. And then in that human form, Christ full of life and love taught us to envision and to know a God who calls us beloved and longs for our healing, healing for all people, especially the poor and the cast aside. Mary Oliver, of course, is speaking not only of Christ, but of the spirit that enlivens all of us. God's spirit needs the body's world, instinct and imagination to work in this world. The spirit needs a myriad of ways to engage rough matter, bodies, intellect, imagination, creativity, emotions, all of it. Notice that she did not say the spirit needs intellect alone. It needs even our emotions, the very part of the human person we often dismiss, especially in those who identify as women and in children. The spirit works in and through us, all of who we are, these fragile and these remarkable bodies of ours. A little over 20 years, 21 years ago, on the day of my ordination, I was asked, will you serve the congregation with energy, intelligence, imagination, and love. I responded, I will, with God's help. In the intervening years, I have failed and I have succeeded, but I have taken that promise seriously as I have served particular congregations and the wider church. I have also asked that question of newly ordained elders and deacons and smiled as they made the same commitment. I have long loved that particular question. The word imagination has grabbed me and resonated with me. Notice it's also in Mary Oliver's poem. The spirit needs the body's world, instinct, 
imagination. I think the word imagination is unexpected in both. We do not often identify ourselves with our imaginations. Intellect, yes. Energy, sure. And goodness knows we need a lot of it when serving the church and the world. Love, yes. As Christians, love is central and it's what holds us together. But imagination. My 2020 star gift was imagination. I should pause here and explain star gifts. Do you all have a tradition of star gifts in the congregation? No? I was first introduced to star gifts through the alternative worship community I served, and then it quickly became a tradition in the larger congregation. It's also a popular tradition in a lot of other churches throughout the country. Star gifts are simply a word that is offered to each member of the congregation. Ours were written on yellow star-shaped pieces of paper, nothing fancy. But through, this year, through the years, this epiphany tradition became incredibly meaningful. We would each receive a word, one we loved or one we'd rather reject. The invitation was to journey with the word, to notice where it appeared, to contemplate its meanings in our lives, and to allow it to speak truth to our hearts. Over the years, I have received words such as curiosity, delight, manifest, and last year's word, a favorite, tenacity. As an aside, if you would like to receive a star gift, email me. I think my email was just posted at kellywyant at gmail, and I'll randomly select one for you. I have a list of words that I've used in the past, so I have hundreds to randomly choose from. So please do email me. I'd be happy to share the tradition with you. So in January of 2020, just before our world shifted forever, I received the word imagination. I loved it the moment I read it, and I was immediately taken back to that particular ordination question. I was also halfway through a study of the devastating and deadly effects of human activity on our planet with the youth of the congregation I was serving. We were all invested in and heartbroken by the plight of the animals, plants, and the vulnerable human beings that share our planet home. The young people I served were particularly passionate about this topic because as they reminded me often, they do not have the luxury of ignoring it. Their lives and their future children's lives are at stake. As the Christian Education Committee of this congregation has begun to work on a pollinator garden on your church property, which is intended to provide food and the important milkweed for the monarch butterfly, young people from your congregation are leading the work. They are invested, passionate, and eager to participate because they understand the importance of ending and reversing the damage we humans have inflicted upon the creation. They understand that life is intertwined and a gift from God. Imagination is the ability or the power to form a mental image or something not present to the senses or never before wholly perceived in reality. Imagination, therefore, deals in the not yet, in the hoped for. We as humans are able to create, heal, and build because of our imaginations. If we can see it and envision it as a possibility, then we might be able to live into it. But if we cannot imagine something, we find ourselves stuck. 
Imagination, like intelligence, energy, and love are essential to the Christian life, for it is our imaginations that make space for the spirit to work within us. This life contains beauty and awe-inspiring wonders that almost defy our imagination, or at least the imagination of adults. Look up an image of the South Philippine dwarf kingfisher, and you will again be astonished by the magnificence of God's creation, God's imagination, or find an okapi, which like looks like some kind of fantastical creature out of a child's notebook. Half zebra, half giraffe. The world holds so much for our imagination, stretching them and daring us to dream. It also overwhelms as the suffering and pain we humans and this planet know is sometimes beyond imagining. What followed just three months after the receiving of my star gift was and still is at times beyond what I could have imagined for my life and my child's life. A deadly virus, city silenced and stilled, fights over face masks, an attack on the Capitol, nearly empty church buildings, and over 800,000 dead in our country and millions worldwide. We have seen tsunamis wipe out entire communities, fires burn thousands of acres of land, millions of species disappear forever, and human beings bring never-ending destruction and death upon each other. I do not want to even begin to imagine the countless ways we can inflict pain. And yet, it is our imaginations that are the very thing that might save us. If we imagine a different world, we can begin to live into it. If we allow the spirit to inspire, enliven, and work through us, healing is possible. Remember the Magi? They went home by another way. They had to find a new way, imagine new possibilities, and allow the unexpected to fill their hearts. They risked angering a king to protect a child, a child that filled them with wonder, with imagination. Now children work on your property, imagining a new future, one in which human beings intentionally preserve and make space for even the smallest of God's creatures. May these young people continue to imagine and help lead us toward life. The word became flesh and lived among us, claiming us and offering us wholeness. The spirit likes to dress up like this, hand fingers, toes, shoulders, and all the rest. The spirit likes to embody you and me. The spirit likes to harness our imaginations and move within time and space to bring healing, hope, to, and so that we might make room for the spirit to work in our individual and collective lives. May we be astonished by the wonder and delight of this world. May we allow our imaginations to move us forward with tenacity toward healing for ourselves and others. May we welcome the spirit that lightens up the deep, wondrous drownings of the body like a star. May it be so, my friends. May it be so. Amen.
Let us pray. O God who is ever present, even when we feel alone, even when we are deep in pain and grief, still you are there, drawing near to us, because surely, O oh God, you understand what it is to be human, all that gives us joy, all that makes us laugh and smile and shout for joy, and all that tears our hearts apart, all that wounds and seeks at times it feels to destroy us. And yet you draw close, calling us to you, calling us home, reminding us that we are not alone for you are there. And there are others, oh God, who are present and they with us are imagining a future in which we offer peace and solace and comfort and understanding to all your people and all your creatures. In your name we pray, amen. <laughs>